Welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome. Hello. So good to be here. Oh. Another week of books. Favorite day of the week. Can I say I haven't had enough books this week? I'm feeling like deep longing for more books. I would agree with you. It took me way too long to finish the last one. Me too. And I think I went three days without even touching it. Ooh. Because there were so many other things going on. Yes. And it's Absolutely. just crazy town right now. Yep. I have like just minutes. I'm like sneaking in a few minutes. Like, And I almost feel like if day. it's only a few minutes that I won't so remember. Hard. Yeah. Or I'll forget or I won't pick up on it. when Anyway. It, it feels more choppy. Yes. Yes. Very choppy. That's how I feel. Actually, the last book I finished, I just felt like the book was choppy. And now that you say that, I don't think it was the book. Yeah. I think it was me sneaking it in here and there where I could. But my life is choppy. Yes. Feeling choppy right now. That's how we're. I'm feeling too. Um, Like five days to finish a book for me. And that was long. long. And I had time. it like sped <laughs> yeah. up. And it and still it took still you five took days. Really, like that's so long. Yeah. I have to say, like last night, I wanted to be in bed at eight. I don't know that I'll admit or not, which means I am admitting right now. <laughs> that I got in bed within the eight o'clock hour. Oh, I didn't fall crazy. asleep right away, but I could not keep my eyes open. I You're so tired. was exhausted. This, I understand. The only thing that I will stay up late for is to record with you. Oh. Because it's late. We do this, this late is at night. Late. Well, late for me. It's late for me, too. But I'm not out this I late. have no desire to be like, let's get this done so I can get in bed. Every other thing I do at night is, when will this be over so I can get in bed? So yay, let's talk books. This is so fun. I do love it so much. I will stay up for this. I I have to say, like, the level of exhaustion this week has reached, like, tears, right? Like, you know, when you're just like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm fine. But it's just, it's just a lot. There's just so much. Right. You just want to sit down for a minute. Yeah. And think. Or not. Or true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not think and just listen to a book. Maybe that. And have some time with a game on your phone. Yeah. That would be lovely. Or I've started knitting a blanket while I listen. I love that too. <laughs> I need something. Something to do. That's calm. That's like, yes. that's just allowing my body to decompress. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting all the energy out through my fingers. I like this. It's nice. I, uh, but the games are good too. I'm not opposed to a good phone I love game. Me a, I love me a good game on my phone. Mm-hmm. Let me chill. Mm-hmm. Listen. Play a game. Win at a game. Even better. <laughs> Feeling all the dopamine mm-hmm. <laughs> is coming What's in. Your fi- now let's hurry and quickly say your favorite game. Maybe oh. I need to know it. Yeah. That hey. you play while you listen. The My number one game I go to is called... And I don't know how to pronounce it. Nonograms or nonograms? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like those. N-O-N-O-G-R-A-M-S. Yeah, I like that. And it's that. like a numbers. Fill in the numbers in these squares. And it colors. And yeah. and yeah, I mean, it's all, look it up. You'll figure it out. But And then it shows a picture. And I don't even really care what the pictures Sometimes are. Sometimes the picture is like, wait, that's, that's what? That's what? 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah but I do. I like the. I but like that one. I. It's just mindless mm-hmm. and putting numbers in boxes and xing out other boxes. Have you ever played Drop the Number? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, you're gonna like it. Okay. Because it's very much the same. You're just drop like numbers are dropping. Okay. Um, from the top of the screen, I was gonna say from the sky, right out of the sky, <laughs> the top of the screen, okay. they just go down, and you're just wanting to stack like numbers. Okay. And when you get the same number, it adds up, and so you're dropping them like this, and they add up. You want to keep your screen clear. Clear. So you want them to combine and add up. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's when really you say easy. like numbers, like a two on a two, oh, and a four and a four. Ooh, right. Look at that. So when they start to add up, then I'm like, oh, I have a sixteen by a thirty-two and a thirty-two by a sixty-four. Now they're all oh together. Gosh, that's a lot of thinking, though. It's really not because you're just matching numbers. Wow. It's just like magic. You see, that is fun. What a great podcast! Us watching. You're Sarah's listening phone. to us. You're listening play to us. Game. I know we're like <laughs> so exciting. Anyway, okay, that's a fun game. Drop the number. Drop the number. Because you know, some games take a lot of brain power, and you can't do them when you're listening mm-hmm. to a book. Oh yeah, you can do that while listening to a book. Okay, that Drop sounds the good. Number. Um, my next one is actually one that you. I have a Sudoku. I love app. Sudoku. And I started that after you were talking about it one mm-hmm. day. So. I also play Two Dots. I've done Two Dots. I like Two Dots. Okay. Those are my games. Okay. I like it. There's Drop a few the little, number. You know, Sudoku. You, know you were so wanting nonograms. New games. That's why you come here. Right. So now from games, let's go to fun, fact, fun facts about authors. I That's what I really wanted to hear. <laughs> that was a nice segue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Eowyn Ivy, the author of The Snow Child, which is our book for February, which, by the way, has a super long wait at the library mm-hmm. and is not a new book. So I'm, this is telling me that this is a like a tried and true good book. I'm super mm-hmm. excited. I haven't started yet. But anyway, um, Eowyn Ivy, I... W- was looking up some different interviews from her and reading up on her. And she talks about, um, and this is writers-online-co, I mean, .co.uk. Anyway, they ask her about her writing process and how structured she is. And um, she said that when she was working for the news agency or the, as an editor or reporter, a f- journalist, as a journalist, okay, um, she there was nothing in her at the end of the day that wanted to write anymore for anything personal. So as an author, being a journalist was not for her. She just couldn't. It was the last thing she wanted to do on her off time. And so going to the independent bookstore was great for her because all day she was talking about books and talking about stories and reading books. And it really got that creative juices going. And then when she was done with work, she could take all those ideas and thoughts and start writing. So she said she kind of has a mixture of things. Definitely um, being working at a bookstore was helpful to her writing process um, because it sparked that uh, creativity. But she also is structured. She works five days a week uh, when her family's at work and at school. 
um, and and does that. But at other times, she just writes when she needs to. And I like she calls oh. a need when I need to. I need to sit down and write. Oh, um, I like that. But she also was saying that, you know, some people are super scheduled and have everything planned out. They know the plot. They know the characters. They know that. She is an author that she has kind of an idea, but she also really likes to have a structure. So the Snow Child being a fairy tale already gave her that structure to write around. Um, but then she says that she tends to, um, oh, then she says the structure helps, the fairy tale helps because it's there and having reports from a real expedition. So writing this book about the mountains and out nature of Alaska taught her yes. more about the state she lives in. Wow. And she studied different expeditions and what might happen on an expedition and what anyway so i love that cool. she pulled some real stuff into that to write the book but then she says then i go down rabbit holes and follow what interests me it doesn't always work and i have to retrench and rework it creating characters has been more of a challenge one of the things i struggle with is not being able to create a character before i start writing I discover them as I'm writing. Oh. I only realized Mabel in The Snow Child liked to draw three quarters of the way through. I'll go back and weave things in like a blender, weaving all the things into a new concoction. It's like getting to know a person I've never met before. Oh, my goodness. So what did she say? Three-fourths way through? her. Oh, she, she draws. One of her main characters or the main character, I'm not sure, is like, oh, she draws. We got to go write that back into the story, like weave it into the storyline from beginning oh on. Oh my God. But she didn't know that she drew until the character was evolving. I adore that actually I, so much. I right. love that. But, but then the thought in my mind of then you have to go back and rewrite it into everything. Well, she's, but that seems real. daunting. Yeah. Yeah. Like it makes me feel like, no, but These are real you have to tell to the whole story and that's yeah. a part of the whole story. And you just figured that out, but now you go back in. Got to get that in there. You and don't want to miss a part of the character. story. Yeah. yeah. It's character building at its finest. Wow. Anyway, I thought that was really that's interesting. amazing. Right? I love that. That's really cool. Anyway, it's been interesting as we've done fun facts about different authors, like the ones who meet their characters partway through the book or the character came to them before and they had to start writing about it or just their different interactions with their creative process. Yes. I find that very fascinating. It's very cool. I agree. Yeah. Because it all sounds so overwhelming to even follow something like this or to not have a plan, but start writing, have a loose plan or have a, I got to do this. Re no, nope. Mm -hmm. There's a reason I'm not an author. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love I other think it's people so cool. who are authors. I agree. I love that they do this. I agree. Anyway. It's so amazing. There we go. Last fun fact on Eowyn Ivy. Oh, and last one. Next week is book club. So. Yay. I'm excited. If you haven't started reading, it's time to start. And we'll talk more about it next week. Yeah. Should we take a break? Let's do it. Indeed. All right. Time for books. Let's talk about what's on our shelf. I am super excited. Me too. Jamie, what's you on want, your shelf? I think this shelf of mine today shows you all the weirdness of my mind. 
which I know I've let that out here before. You all know that I like weird topics sometimes, um, all the time. Mm, random just just only a few minutes a day Yeah, a few minutes a day um the first book i'm going to talk about is bright young bright young women by jessica knoll this came out in last year in september i feel like i have seen this cover yellow yes yellow and pink Mm -hmm. it's a i mean bright it's fun Mm -hmm. to look at it kind of has like a 80s vibe 70s 80s vibe to it um and she's not an author. This is not her first book, but this book is inspired by um, America's first celebrity serial killer, which was Ted Bundy. So this is like the spotlight of serial killers, like when it came to the spotlight that we put the name of serial killers to people who killed more than once. And he was like the shining star of serial killers in a weird way. And part of that was the first time the media really honed in on a serial killer and how they wrote about him, that he was so good looking and so charming. And they really kind of put him on a pedestal, not on purpose, but that's what happened was now everyone was super, super interested in this. And this book is written based off of this and based off of like true timelines of what, you know, Ted Bundy did and when he was in prison and when he escaped from prison and, um, you know, so it it loosely follows his timeline and the true story, but with fictional characters. And it a lot of it is these girls, specifically one of his victims who lives her life after and how she deals with this mm. and her view on the media coverage of him. Oh, like she is sick of hearing how good looking he is. He is a terrifying person. What person who does these awful things yeah why would the media get on and say he's good looking and charismatic like this isn't monster they probably think they're doing people a favor like, like the victims a favor like you're not stupid right because anyone would anyone fall for his fallen. that's yes. how he gets his victims but in turn that made the victims look shallow and dumb yes and oh so, that's very true so it is the perspective of she you know she's um in college, she's living in a dorm with all other women, and he breaks into the dorm one night and, you know, goes about his what he does, and she wakes up to one of the girls having been murdered in a very awful way. Oh, my gosh. And... um. And then what she, you know, like what she does after, like she, she thinks that the person in the house is a guy that comes over all the time, but she only saw him for like a split second and she's traumatized. Yes. Like there is somebody who broke in and she just saw her friend dead in her room. Oh my gosh. And so the police immediately jumped, you know, like. You said it. You thought it was this person, so they start investigating that person and take him in, and they're not looking anywhere else. And she's like, "No, but then I came back and said I thought it was this person, but then 
I realized it wasn't, you know, yes. like all these things. Yes. So she, her story's getting twisted. She's seeing stuff in the media and then she's having to go to these trials and relive it all over again. Anyway, it just put into perspective the victims yeah. that we don't often, they don't hit the news, not yeah. in a great way mm-hmm. because they're a victim mm-hmm. and what they've been through is embarrassing, traumatizing. And then to, to read about, you know, how charismatic he was and that everyone wants he's to like interview so him and he's, you know, he's finagled his way through this and this. What a genius. You know, the, one of the things it said was, you know, he was a law student. I actually think at the University of Utah. Yeah. Um, well, he was in a law school before and didn't cut it. His grades were not good. He did not right. get into law based off of his grades. Right. And he never finished. And he didn't do good work when he was at school. I had never heard that. I just heard he was a law student. So right. I immediately think this is an intelligent person. He really wasn't. He was really good at pulling the wool right, over right. people's eyes and finagling Manipulating. People. Very manipulative. Anyway, mm, interesting. I thought it was so good. I gave it four stars. Fascinating from beginning to end. That is so cool. I really, really enjoyed it. Again, Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. That's amazing. It was really good. I, I'm going to remember that one. I remember reading about it, thinking it was super interesting. Yeah, it was. It was a good one. Um. Okay. The first book I'm going to talk about is called Nothing More Dangerous by Alan Eskins. Um, this book, I'm trying to remember where I found it. I think it came across as like one of my deals of the day. Check this one out. And I really enjoyed it. This is the story of a boy who lives in a small town in the Ozark Hills. He's like okay. 17 years old, 16 years old. Yeah. And he is counting down the days when he can leave and go to like a different town and start his life because right now his life is not a life. His father died when he was young, so his mother just takes care of him and she is tired and sad most of the time. And so he f- she doesn't give him a lot of attention or love. And so he's feeling lonely. She does send him to this private school that he has to go to this, mm-hmm. that he got like a scholarship for because he doesn't, you know, he's kind of, he's a poor kid that lives in these hills, like mm-hmm. down a dead end road I in the middle of the right. Ozarks, right? Right, right. And he has a neighbor guy who's a single guy who sits on his porch all day and is kind of, you know humdrum Mm -hmm. and then there's another house on the street that's empty Mm -hmm. and run down and anyway he goes to school and he is like the loser kid you know he doesn't have any friends at school so he just tries to survive all the days until he thinks he can like be able to get run away and go Mm -hmm. start his life right and he gets he runs into trouble with the cool kids there and he tries to figure out they kind of offer him a way into the group, but he would have to be doing things that he doesn't feel good about. And um, there's a big factory in town and it's kind everybody works at the factory, but there's some um, talk from the big head honchos from the 
main city that they don't like the way it's being run, so they're going to bring in one of their guys who happens to be black to, like, get things in order. Okay. But that's, like, feeling like war on their town because they're it's their people that are running the show. So that's getting them into trouble. And he's black, and there's a lot of racism there. And it was really interesting. So the this black family that moves there moves into the empty house on his street, and he becomes friends with the son. And so now he is seeing things. It's it's really is about racism in a small town in the mm-hmm. Ozark Hills. Which has its own history there as yeah. well. And it's really like its own way of running things, mm-hmm. their own yeah. way of policing and how people are getting away with things that you wouldn't imagine sh- they should be getting away with. Right. And... And it's really, it was a really good story of this boy and his friend, his new friend, and the way they have to face racism and the way that they do that. And anyway, I don't want to spoil anything, which I feel myself getting into some spoiler (laughs) territory, so I'm stopping myself. But it was a really good story. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you if this was like an I would assume it's not in current time, but maybe it is. Like, it's one of those weird things where you're just like, people still have these deep tendencies right. for racism when it's when it's threatening your own well-being. Yes. And, and it was just a really well-told story that I was fully invested in. I gave it four stars. I really liked it. It wasn't a hard read. And I think it made it easier to read through like this high schooler's eyes Uh where he himself is trying to navigate his own views about Uh people and way he feels about people of color or people like him, but maybe who aren't very nice. You know what I mean? Like he had to figure out who he wanted to be. I actually really, really liked it. That sounds really good. It was really good. And there's there's a lot to it. There's a murder. There's, you know, money, things happening and like in the factory. Anyway. Lots going on. There's so much going on. And he's trying to like navigate With his 17-year-old brain. Yeah. Oh, bless his Anyway, it's really, really well done. It's called Nothing More Dangerous. Awesome. Okay. Um, my next one is, sure, I'll join your cult. <laughs> you weren't kidding. Right, right. Here's Here comes my weirdness. But this is actually, this is a newer one. It's uh, I've heard of it. came out in September 2023. It is written, the author is Maria Bamford. She is a comedian. And um, really well known amongst the comedian network. Um, I know a few of the things she's done, and this is a memoir. It's a it's a memoir of mental illness and the quest to belong anywhere. And so I found this so fascinating that um, she grew up. She struggled big time with her mental health, a lot of mental health issues, and. Also, had this uh, this desire to fit in and want to belong and want to be like everyone else, and was very much influenced by Dell Carnegie's "How to Win Friends and Influence People." She did the Suzuki Method for violin training, like all these programs that are very structured. Richard Simmons, the 12-step program. She battled an eating disorder. Like, 
and even still to this day, really, really struggles with even wanting to be alive. Like wow. she goes in and out of, you know, she's, she's done a lot of different um, things for depression and to want to be alive. And she just has, it sounds like a real extreme case of mental health issues. But because of these, like how to win friends and influence people and all these things she was introduced to at a young age or you know, in those formative ages where your brain is developing and her brain is is not developing, maybe to the greatest way mentally. Um, but she so desperately wants to belong that her life is filled with kind of being drawn into a bunch of different cults. Oh goodness! And structured groups mm. of belonging. Mm-hmm. So she like cults were one of them. Um, Anything, anybody who was trying to sell some sort of a lifestyle, she desperately wanted to be happy and included and yeah. still wants to. And so this is a struggle. And so this is what she writes. Yeah. She writes how she is like brought into a charismatic person with a cult and not even realize like she's tried and done all these different things and experiences and groups and and it's funny, it's weird, it's sometimes a little scary. Okay. Uh, like where her brain goes with things and the rabbit holes she goes down into and that she's so easily manipulated kind of yeah. by these things, by these groups or people or different things that she's done. And she talks about dealing with her eating disorder and her mental health and um all the different things, right? The twelve step programs and how they're structured, and does that really help, or would oh, this be? I mean, it it goes over the gamut of it. She has a pretty dry sense of humor, um, so you know, depending on where what you think is funny or not, you might think she's funny. You might think this is just pure craziness. Sure, uh, it's a little of all of it. Sure. I gave it three stars. I enjoyed it. It was definitely different, um, but that different also kept me very interested. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's she going to do next? How's she going to top that one? And it was always, there was always something else. Oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. Anyway, it was a bit, it it was crazy. It is crazy, super interesting, um, and very vulnerable of her to speak so openly about a okay. lot of mistakes she make she made in life and just navigating and things she did that maybe she shouldn't have done. And, you know, just life. Wow. Anyway, sure. I'll join your cult. Awesome. Yeah. It was a good one. Okay. Um, The next one I'm going to talk about is The Personal Librarian by Murray Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. I know you've spoken of this one before. Uh Uh-huh. I I wanted to add my just my take. It's been a while since I read it. So... It did come yeah. out in 2021. Okay. So it's been around. Now, just as quick refresher, yeah. The Personal Librarian is the story of um, Bella DeCosta Green, who is J.P. Morgan's personal librarian. Uh-huh. She helped him curate his own personal library, which to me was like super interesting because I didn't even understand much about personal Personal libraries libraries and what that meant to me. It's like you have a library full of a gazillion books. No, No. they were specifically looking for old books, right? Old Mm -hmm. Bibles, old Mm -hmm. 
special even things lo- like specialty art things books. Yes. and art yeah things on art and the chinese mm-hmm. dynasty i mean very particular yes niche yep parts of which that part was super interesting to yeah, me and yeah. and now bella costa green mm-hmm. is black mm-hmm. but she has light skin so she was passing mm-hmm. people didn't know that i wonder it would be so interesting to go back now and be like did you know Right. It sounds like people may, well, and this is obviously fictional. They took facts from right, her life right. and created a fictional story. Mm-hmm. But it is based on on facts from her life. Right. And so that was very, very interesting. I thought this book was okay. Okay. Everybody else loves it. <laughs> but I thought it was okay. It was, I didn't think it was bad. It was really well written. Mm-hmm. Like it flowed, the story. And maybe it was just that I didn't. I I was frustrated with her. I didn't love like all of her choices. But then again, this was a real story. This is her real life choices. Right. Right. And the situation she was in with the options she had. Right. At the time. Weren't Female, black. Yeah. You know, just, I mean. She was just trying to survive. Yeah. And she had to protect that because she was a high figure in society with that job. And she had to protect her family so that they would get caught. Which brought money to her family Mm -hmm. and opportunity. And she was living a dream that, like, black person would not be able to live. And it was a dream of hers to do this. Right. Which was amazing. So, like, her as a person and what she was able to accomplish, amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was just like. I was a little bored. Really? Interesting. I just was like all the like she goes to a lot of parties and she is buying art that I that I felt like I would have loved to learn a little bit more about, about the art she art. was buying and why it was so great to buy it and want to do it. Um and like she had this love affair, right? And I was just okay about like it was sad. It mm-hmm. just made me sad. Maybe that's really what it is. It she's living a different life. Yeah. Cause she can't have a full So she's not being a hundred percent true right. in any of in her anything. situations. It just made me sad. Yeah. It's it's And we've read other books. Well, I've right. read other books recently, like of passing. Are you gonna yeah. talk about one today? Well, I wasn't going to, but maybe I should now. Because I just, you've talked about it before, so yes. maybe this is a good, I'll just add to it. Um, did you hear about Kitty Carr? I'm right. assuming that's what you're that's talking exactly about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I did not, I mean, I've read books with characters mm-hmm. that are black that pass. do pass, right? which we is have. a term, they're yes. passing. I don't think I realized how many yep. did this and the network yes. of passing, people that were passing the network they had and how they benefited charities and how they Amazing. helped other black people. Right. Under, it wasn't just for under themselves. The, like under, under the, the cuff. Guy. Yeah. I don't know how to say that. No, right. That's exactly. I mean, so in, how did you hear about Kitty Carr? And that's I love exactly that story. What, I love that. I one love that too. book so much. And that's totally fictional. You can say whatever you want. Right. But she was working with other people that were passing as well. Mm-hmm. And in personal librarian, it's just her. Yes. So I really thought, I mean, I know not a lot. I wish there was more talked about this. Yes. Because I read that book and then there was one other. Because people in the black community, right? It's it's said in here, like they acknowledge or they know people do this. Do this. Yeah. And they're not angry about it. Like nobody ever like 
called her out that was black and knew that she was doing this. And I feel like, well, if that's the case, you would be connected with other people who are doing it. Mm -hmm. If they're spotting people, she could spot people. And wouldn't you want to, like, boy each other up like they kind of do? Right, yeah. In, did you hear about Kitty Carr? Right. So I just didn't realize the network of passing that was going on at this time. And rightly so. I'm right. white and we what tell white we stories. And when we talk about black stories, we're we're talking about the Underground Railroad. We're talking it's the same stories. Yeah. We're not getting this. And there's not a lot on this because they didn't keep a paper trail on a lot of it. They had to they be couldn't so secretive. Because somebody else might have found out. So there's not a lot written mm-hmm. about this history. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm assuming, and what they've said here and there was we did, couldn't even write down names. We couldn't write down, right? You know, because that put people at risk, right? You could die. Like that's we're talking about. They would kill you, right? If they found this out. So, like, I understand the seriousness of it. I think I just really enjoyed like other books I've read about such as. Did you hear about Kitty yeah. Carr? That I that I was that was so much more engaging for me mm-hmm. that this one, it just felt like you're living a half life. You can't have like, to me living is connections with people and you can't, you didn't share that with anyone. Right. Like I just, I felt for, I felt deeply. And obviously JP Morgan loved her and he left her enough money to keep her well off for the rest of her life. Right. Whether or not she found another job. Right. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot. And do you think with all the time they spent together, he didn't have like a little bit of an idea? Or consideration? I I don't think so. Because he wouldn't have risked his own reputation if he did. That's probably true. She would have been out immediately, in my opinion, because he was high profile. Or wouldn't he think, I can do what I want? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, but probably he didn't. It was probably just he was very good because it sounds like the daughter had their opinion of the daughter, the way they portrayed his daughter that seemed to be having a relationship with a woman Mm -hmm. seemed to know. Right. But she had a secret as well. Right. So they kept each other's secrets. So how? Anyway, I just was like waiting for a deeper connection with someone. Right. Anyone. Even her mother who knew it it was like not a deep. It was a different kind of connection because she had she owed her mother so much and she was like felt so responsible to her mother and in and indebted to her mother or just it was her responsibility to care for the whole family and Mm -hmm. provide for the whole family that it couldn't be an in, you know, a deep a connection that she could be vulnerable. Right, right. She could never allow yeah. the vulnerability. Yeah, and I just right? felt like that was so sad. I just ended the book feeling sad. There was nothing like that I was like, wow, yes, she did amazing things, and I don't mean to take away from... Right. No. As a woman alone at that time, black mm-hmm. or white, she did amazing things right. in that library. Mm-hmm. And that was that sh- is... I. I totally admire that and can't even imagine. But I also was like there to me I hope I would hope there's more to my life than just some sort right. of professional successes like connections right. with people are important to me and that's me. Absolutely. That's me. 
And it made me sad. But also in the black community, they didn't always get to have. They, that they wasn't wanted. an option that for them. Yeah. So true. Which is sad, the sad reality of black people in America. Yeah. The history of black totally. people. Like, totally. They were, it's survival mm-hmm. and watching their back constantly. And mm-hmm. I'd like to say it's a lot better, but I, it's I still know. a struggle. I think they, it, absolutely, they still struggle. Um, yeah. But I get it. It was. Yeah. Anyway, it was a sad, so I did give it, I gave it three stars. It's not that I did not like this book. Yeah. It's very well written, but it mm-hmm. was quite slow, and it felt like a lot of the same for a long time. And it was a long book. It's a long book. Correctly. So she's hiding her secret. She's going to parties. She's buying stuff. She's and it's just that over and over and over again for a very long time. Right. And then all of a sudden he dies randomly. Like it felt totally anticlimactic. <laughs> which right. was totally weird too. So anyway, that's why I'm like, oh. Okay, I could see that. It was long and slow and anticlimactic when he even dies. Yeah. Three stars. Okay. Everyone else loves it. I in think case I gave it more than three you stars. Did. You did. You gave it. I'll tell you right now. I can look it up. Probably four is my thought. You did. You gave it four stars. Okay. Jamie liked it more than me. Okay. Fair. Okay. Well, I'll finish. Um, I'll finish talking about. Uh, did you hear about Kitty Carr? Uh, this is written by Crystal Smith Paul. You talked about it. It's been a couple a while. months ago. No, within this last maybe, year, maybe within the year. I think within the year. Um, it was recommend. You recommended it. Um, another friend of mine highly recommended it, and so I just finished it the other day. I really liked it. I thought it was so interesting. Um, this, the interconnection of having being black, being someone's maid or servant, whether as a slave or indentured, you know, either way, mm-hmm. somewhat being embedded with a family, but not being family. Yep. And you're raising children. You're rearing children. You're cooking their meals. Intimate. Very, very intimate relationships. And yet so separate. Yep. And so as Kitty Carr is um, a movie star, she's up for an Oscar or Emmy or whatever. And just she can't go anywhere without, you know, security. And yet she is a black woman passing as a white woman, even her husband doesn't know. Nobody knows. Nobody can know except she. And so this book talks a little bit more about this network and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other people who do know that are doing the same thing and what they're doing together to help others, mm-hmm. uh, but very secretively without others knowing that this is what they're doing. They, um, are funding a lot of great causes. So I liked that it kind of, you know, goes back to the grandma being born and raising, and then it will skip forward to current day. Mm-hmm. And and so you kind of, the story weaves together from beginning to end and then kind of meet somewhere in the middle with all the relationships. And how everyone's connected. That, and how everyone's connected, which was a little hard to follow. I can different see that. names, different, you know, keeping track of all of them. I did have to write down and make myself a little map just yeah. to visually because see. Because we're talking it. like time, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like generations we're of time. We're talking like 1960s to 
current day Mm -hmm. with social media and all that. And then Mm -hmm. to go back to even before the 1960s when she was born, there's, you know, when 1960s, she was probably 20s. But it talks about her birth and the origins of her birth and how she ended up here in the 60s and, and, oh, all the different things you have to do to pass that then made this story hard to follow. I can't even imagine the exhaustion at the end of the day, keeping your story straight. Yeah. Because you really, she had to rewrite her whole history. Yeah. To portray to other white people to stay where she was at. And you don't want to make a mistake. You can't make a mistake. You can't ever go back and visit your mom. That was heartbreaking to me. That was heartbreaking. That she was sent and could never return and that was it for her and her family that she and they grew were, they up were knowing they were doing that to give her a gift to give her the opportunity of a different life mm-hmm. because she was born with fair skin with light mm-hmm. skin and could pass so she was looked at as one of the lucky ones how sad is that it's so sad that you can't just live amongst who you're with for who you are mm-hmm. i mean it just anyway I I liked it a lot. Um, like I said, a little confusing. Make yourself a map of <laughs> characters while you're hearing about them and when they're born and who their parents were. Just keep yourself a little map. And and I think you'll really enjoy it. I gave it four stars. Yeah. Did you hear about Kitty Carr? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. The last one I'm going to talk about, we're going to take a hard left. Okay. <laughs> It's not anything like anything we've talked about. (laughs) Um, Is The Last Graduate by Naomi Novik. This is total fantasy. I love that you bring fantasy to the podcast. I sure do. Because I will. I I It would be awful for those who like fantasy. Not totally weird fantasy. Like it's like totally manageable fantasy. I need a little bit of like pretend. Manageable fantasy. This is a new genre. That's manageable mine. fantasy My genre. <laughs> There's some that are like wacky cuckoo that I am like, you Not are, too much. you've lost me. Yeah. You've lost me. Right. But this right, is right. like, oh, it's a school and they do magic. It's not Harry Potter because the students die. But it's like a little darker okay. version. This is number two. Oh, this is the follow-up to the one you were so excited about that you read just recently? No. Oh, no. I thought, no. I do, that's I that's a different back. fantasy. <laughs> this fantasy. Oh, I you read can read this more one. than one? You can. This one was called, the first one is called The Deadly Education, which I read in 2021. Okay, so it's been a while. Like, yeah, I haven't read it in a while, but it is number two. Okay. And there's a number three that's available, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. So if you wanted to jump in, you could read all three. You don't oh, have to wait. You could go. Okay. So okay. this is the story. If Just in case you didn't read the first one, I'll tell you what it's about. You could jump in number three or number two and not read the first one and you would and be you okay. you would still be okay? All right. Yeah. This is the story of like a school that's kind of alive. Now these like sorcerer, sorceresses and sorcerers. Okay. That was like a jumble. You got me? <laughs> Words are hard. Sounds yeah. are hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my mouth they are. And they have they have to teach their children how to do this really hard magic to keep themselves alive because there are these mouths Ooh. that are like monsters mm-hmm. that will find they're just attracted to magic, they're drawn to magic, and they will eat you. 
Okay. And so you have to know like warding spells and protection spells and just like different kinds of things. But in order to do these spells, it costs mana, which is like energy, okay. right? Okay. So you have to build mana. To then be able to use. Cast the spells. The spells to use the spells. Okay. okay. Now to build mana, you're doing like everyday tasks, like sweeping the floor. You're building mana. Because nobody wants to do that. They would rather just use magic to have that done for you. But if you physically do the act, you will build energy or mana to be able to cast bigger spells. My brain is going a long way with this. Can I just say right now that I think this author has ADHD? (laughs) They might. Because you gamify everything. Yeah. And this sounds like a video game. It is a lot like that, actually, now that you say that. you do this job and you build up your health. Yes. I like this. That's it totally. This is how I do my life. So I got to build when up. When you, for example, like you're going to classes and you have to do your homework. Mm-hmm. If you write out your homework and you write mm-hmm. essays and things, you're building mana. Okay. Okay. So all the skills, all the things you need to do, mm-hmm. all the tasks mm-hmm. are then put into a purposeful thing that you can see how much mana you have. Yes. I like it. Yes. And it really is like in a little jar okay. that you use Ooh. and you can see when it's getting low. So you know when you need to start doing some more of your yes. jobs. And you might say, oh, I really, I want to do this spell. This is what this requires is this big spell, but I don't have enough mana. Or it's like, okay, I can, I have enough mana for this spell. Can you steal people's mana? It's not as useful if you steal it. If they give it willingly, ah, you then it's donate. exemplified and it's bigger. Ah. Anyway, so you there's not a lot of together. time spent on okay. like explaining this. You okay. just learn as you go. You learn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And she is now a senior at school. Okay. Now, when you are a senior, like, and it's your last, at graduation, only half the year is spent learning. Okay. And the last half of the year, you're practicing your escape. You have to escape the school by Ooh. beating all the monsters, the mouths that are, like, going to get you, are going to try and kill you. And a lot of students die, actually. They actually die. While they, they try to leave. They don't graduate. No. They die. Yes. Is that the only option? You graduate or die? Yes. Gosh, this is- and like people die all the years, not just trying to get out. Like you die, you can die as a freshman. Like mouths are in the, all over in the all school. Over. The school's You're trying still- to keep them out, but there's holes that they can get in. Okay. So you you have to know how to like avoid the mouths all like the time. Dementors at kind Hogwarts. Of, yeah, kind of. Okay. So as the year is progressing, you're like watching her prepare and like socialize and interact with the other students at the school. She's finally got a friend group, which is new for her. She's kind of a loner and they're getting ready to graduate. And so they're getting their The school gives them like practice runs, mm-hmm. like it build the school itself legitimately builds like, like a test room where they can like practice going through okay. and escaping and fighting the man so or the mouths. Yes. They simulate the situation. And they've been practicing in their, you kind of like team up with people and try to get out with your team. Okay. And as they're doing this, like, I'm not, I didn't want to spoil this because it's a big part of it, but you watch Elle. Mm -hmm. She's like our main character, right? She's our person that we're following through this whole story. She and Orion, like they were, they had connected at the end of the last book. And there's like, is there a romance? Isn't there a romance? Which I kind of love. It's really like, clean and like people are talking about people are assuming it about them but like is there really anything going on i really Mm -hmm. thought that was super fun the way that it's written and they kind of are teamed up 
and they're going to go through and graduate. And as they're practicing and doing all this stuff, um, Elle starts to get some new ideas about how this is all going to go down and how they're going to flip things Mm -hmm. at this year's graduation. And she's got a plan, but she can't get everybody on board. Can she do it? What is everyone going to think about? Anyway, it's really fun. I really liked it. I gave, I like this kind of stuff every once in a while. I need something that feels different than real life. Mm-hmm. That's also investing, right? Like right. I can invest right. in this story. And this is one of those. I like this um, trilogy. I'm looking, I'm like, I was even looking like, is the next one out? And it sure is. So, you can so I'm right looking forward to checking out the next one. I gave it four stars. It's called The Last Graduate. And the series is... The Scolomance. The Scolomance. Scolomance. Yes. What's the first book called? Is that what the first book is called? The first book is The Deadly Education. Okay. The Scolomance. I don't know why it's called The Scolomance because none of the books are that. Okay. But the first book is The Deadly Deadly Education. This one is The Last Graduate. Okay. And actually sounds interesting it is it is because it's so wacky Mm -hmm. and yet isn't it isn't high school all about like clicks oh do you know what i mean and this does that it totally explains all the different clicks Mm -hmm. in such a like way that you understand in real life but their separations are different right Mm -hmm. like it has to do with their magic and where they come from and stuff but and the way they learn their magic but it totally makes sense. And the way that they look at each other is so real life. Right? Yeah. And like, can we get over those things? And what would that look like? Anyway, I I might spoil if I say too much, but it's so fun. And it it's just fun. like, it's just an easy break. Yeah. Right? If you're looking for a book to give you a break, but that's still very interesting and fun, this is it. That will fit that. It's a little dark, need. right? You People yeah. are dying. But I'm old enough for that. (laughs) (laughs) So the difference between my A Little Dark today and your A Little Dark is mine's serial killers. Right. Yours is fantasy magic mouths killing people. There you go. Choose your dark. Choose your dark. There you go. I like it. That's a good way to end it. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you've read any of these or if you have recommendations for us, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. Now get back to your book. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your book book club. club.